When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of Bucky's Fib Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt here covering everything Wisconsin Athletics. To give you guys kind of a rundown on what we're going to have on today's show, we're going to first start with the recap of the Nebraska game, get into that a little bit with the Thanksgiving holiday. It looks like it's probably just going to be one episode of the week, so we'll recap the Minnesota game, or excuse me, the Nebraska game to start, kind of get some takeaways. Pretty ugly game. I don't know if there's a ton of huge takeaways from that, so to have its own episode, probably was going to be more difficult we're a little behind schedule with the holidays already we've got people traveling we've got things going on um, as does everybody so we'll start with that and then we'll transition right into our Minnesota preview get that out to you guys early so you can listen either before the holiday after the holiday sometime before Saturday I wanted to get it out to you quick so we'll do our regular preview portion and then after that we'll have an interview with Blake Ruane of the Daily Gopher he joined us to talk about Minnesota talk about what's kind of stood out from the Gophers so a little two-for-one episode for you guys this week to get you ready uh, for this game Saturday, but also talk about the Badgers' most recent performance with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And as we get right into that game itself, boy, oh boy, not a pretty one for Wisconsin football, but found a way to take a victory away from the Nebraska Cornhuskers, get to bowl eligibility. So certainly things that you can take away from that game, some positive, some negative. To start with the positive, I think when you look Starting with the positive, also looking at the negative, the offense was not great in this contest, but I don't think the offense was as bad as it looked at times. The running game did run for 235 yards. They averaged 4.5 yards per carry, so there were holes there. There were the running game that that had positives there. Jasmine Lucy looked good in his return. Isaac Rendo, Braylon Allen, those three guys. I mean, Braylon Allen, I think, is is really hurting. Uh, It seems like he's really banged up and that injury is maybe nagging on him a little bit more than what has been let on all season long. So it was nice to have Ches Malusi back. I think he really brought something to the Wisconsin run game. And there's been weeks past where this offense has struggled and part of that blame has been on the run game. But you can't sit here and say that that run game was not efficient enough to put up more points than what they did on Saturday. Once again, the problems come to the passing game, which kind of works into the negative. So when you look at this game overall, I do give a a pretty solid performance to this Wisconsin offensive line. I think the running game and the running backs looked really good. It just needed to turn into more consistent drives, keeping those drives going, and turning those drives into points, which is something that Wisconsin really kind of struggled with on Saturday. And and what was just kind of a weird game um, went by quickly. There was longer drives. It just didn't get turned into points. And for Wisconsin, those are the drives that you have to um, really take advantage of and, and put points on the board. So when you transition now to the negative of the offense, it's once again 
the issues with Graham Mertz and the quarterback position. Play calling, I, I don't think was great. I don't think the receivers necessarily played super well either. Now, part of that was there was, it was certainly wind and elements, but we've we, we've had I think years now of pretty poor passing performances where it's it's really tough for I think for Badger fans, people listening to this, to sit here and say, well, you know, the the conditions were bad or this was wrong or this was bad. It's it's really just, uh, I think that kind of gets uh, stale in, in terms of the excuses for this passing offense. It needs to be better. It should be better. It hasn't been better. And I think there needs to be really be, need to be some long, hard conversations as to what this team is going to be looking at um, over the next three seasons, or excuse me, next three seasons. God, can you imagine? Um, the, the next upcoming season in terms of the grand merge, the passing offense, and the future of this program. Because you look at this, this stat line for Mertz, 8 of 18 for 83 yards, 44% completion percentage. That is not uh, going to do it for, for Wisconsin in this contest or for, or for any team in that contest. You're looking at Mertz the last few weeks, 8 of 18 against Maryland, 5 of 18. Now, that was, of course, a, a that game you can kind of chalk up to the elements uh, quite a bit. But uh, overall, this passing game needs to be a lot better. The, the, the completion percentage that had been okay at times early in the season has really dipped over the course of the last three weeks, 27%, 45%, 44%. Three turnovers in the last three weeks versus the the two um, prior, the three prior weeks before that, just one over the course. So it's it's really been a struggle for the past game these last three weeks, and, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing that needs to continue and will likely need to be a bigger conversation this upcoming year. I think when you look at the way the defense is coming along, the way the running game is starting to come along, it's going to be hard, I think, to look a lot of the, the guys coming back on this team in the eyes and say, we're going to roll with this same passing game next year. Now, that's uh, it's, it's, that's just kind of the way it's been. It's kind of a tough conversation that you'll likely have to have with the future of, of Graham Mertz or whoever's maybe you know back on this offensive staff. I don't think you can roll into next year having these same sort of issues for now a fourth season at the quarterback position. I think you have to try something else. As good as Graham Mertz has been at times this year, he hasn't necessarily played big enough to win the big games like that. Now, we'll get to it in a second, but the, the offense and, and the team deserves credit where credit was due. They found a way to win on Saturday, but I think postseason, that's going to be a bigger conversation to have as sort of what needs to change. A lot of it needs to be on that offense, and a lot of it needs to be in the passing game, and there's really one main position that you can look at and say that's had the biggest struggles on that side. So to get back to the positives, so the defense did play really well. This this group has really come around um, the last few weeks. They've, they've been dominant. Uh, they were dominant against Iowa. You expected them to come in here and play well against this Nebraska team, and they did a really good job. I mean, Nebraska, in previous years, they've had a dynamic player at quarterback and Adrian Martinez, a little bit more mobile than Casey Thompson, but guys that could maybe sling the ball around a little bit. And Wisconsin did a really good job of just buttoning that up, taking things away. Unfortunately for um, Wisconsin, Nick Herbig did, of course, get ejected in that game for targeting, kind of a, a weak call. And unfortunately for him, his appeal did not get won. So he will be out uh, the first half of that Minnesota game. The NCAA ruled that he will be, um, I guess, up, up the, the penalty will be upheld for him. So certainly a disappointing one in that regard. But overall, this defense continues to to play really well and really 
pick up from where they have been the, the last few weeks. I've been super impressed with the defense. They've came around, I think, front to back. This group has really proven that they're getting back to the Jim Leonard style of play, and I think that's really exciting to see for Badger fans that, hey, you know, early in the season there were some struggles, but going into next year, you're looking at now, you still got this year to figure out. you got a big rivalry game, of course. You've got next year. You've got a bowl game before you get to next year. But I, I think you can really be excited about hopefully this defense coming back and, and a lot of these pieces being back to all of a sudden have a, a really solid foundation to build on to hopefully get this ship righted in a better direction than what it finished this year. So I think that's a, a nice positive for this team. But all in all, not a pretty game for Wisconsin football, but... They did find a way to win, and I think that was a really nice um, finish for the Badgers that, hey, they they went in on the road. You know, It's a tough place to play, no matter the record for Nebraska, and they found a way to come away with the victory, and I think that's the biggest thing in terms of the future of this program under Jim Leonard. This team certainly could have just shelled up and, and lost and, and went about their business and moved on to the following week, but they didn't. They found a way to win. You know, get a score, get a stop, get that you know QB sneak for Graham Mertz, and, and you got to give Graham Mertz his credit as, as well. As bad as he was for the three quarters of that game, he really stepped up in the fourth quarter, found a way to get the ball down the field, and found a way to get Wisconsin in the end zone twice. So certainly plenty of negatives you can take from the game, but all in all, a win is a win, and I think you getting that sixth victory and getting to bowl eligibility is absolutely huge for Wisconsin. When you look at the development of this program, you're going to get so many more reps now. You're going to get a couple more weeks of practice leading into a bowl season. That's, as a program, trying to build for the future seasons. There's only a handful of teams left now that are going to be playing for the most meaningful trophy in the sport, the College Football National Championship. The rest of these teams are, sure, there's teams like, you know, that you're going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. So you want to win for trophy, for programming sake, but... Most of these other bowls are essentially you're, you're earning a chance to practice for a few more weeks, go out, and build for next year. Now Wisconsin has that opportunity, and hopefully that will be under Jim Leonard, and he can kind of get some things ready and rolling so that you know, once spring ball gets going, if he is in fact named the head coach of Wisconsin, which he should be, um, then hopefully they can hit the ground running next year and have those extra reps to, to look back on and work on. So huge for Wisconsin in that regard is to try to – make sure that this program change in terms of the head coach is it's just a small change and not a you know bottom out in the program and get back up to where they want to and build for years to come. I think Wisconsin is hoping that Jim Leonard, a few tweaks, a few changes, if he is in fact the guy, can get this thing you know right back to where they were projecting to, to be year in and year out, and that's competing for Big Ten championships. And I, I, It feels like they're quite far away from that right now, but it does seem like some building towards that is certainly in Wisconsin's future. So all in all, Wisconsin finds a way to win. That's a gut check victory type game. And I think you have to look at that game and be happy with Wisconsin's performance overall. All right. So that wraps up the Nebraska contest. Like I said, we'll spend just a few minutes on that before we get into the Minnesota contest. We'll go ahead. We'll get our ad reads out of the way and then we'll switch gears over to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. As I mentioned at the top, a little two for one in this episode to get you guys caught up on the previous events and get you guys working into um, this next upcoming week. We'll also have some Wisconsin basketball the upcoming week, but we'll probably recap the Wisconsin men's basketball battle for Atlantis on next week's show because you're not going to have, um, they play Wednesday afternoon and then with the holiday, you know, win or lose, we can kind of just focus on next week will be the recap of the Minnesota game and we'll recap the previous weekend's action. Also got some big volleyball games coming up. Um, so plenty to get to and we'll have save some of that for next week. This will be just a football focused episode. So to switch gears into the Minnesota game, We've talked about the offense on this episode already, and I think you're going to look at this offense here for the Badgers, and they're going to be going up against a very good Minnesota defense, a defense that doesn't necessarily have a superstar that you can look at and say, you know, Wisconsin, you can look at on their defense and say, oh, Nick Herbing, leading the Big Ten in sacks, one of the best defensive players in the nation. He's their best player. I think you look at this Minnesota group and you say, they don't necessarily have one specific great player, but they've got 11 really good players front to back. And I think those type of defenses can almost be better than these defenses that rely solely on one player making consistent plays. Now, that's not a knock on Wisconsin or Nick Kerbig or anything like that. I'm just saying when you have a group like the Minnesotas, like the Iowas that are front to back, just solid, really good players that play assignment football, that can make a defense really tough to beat. And that's what this gopher defense is. There's no necessarily a, a superstar but the guys that they have on their group can can really come together and play their assignments and be a really good football team so when you look at Wisconsin they're going to have a tough time in this game moving the football now they've had a tough time these last few weeks but I think you're especially going to look at it this Minnesota defense has been really tough against teams on the ground they come in ranked ninth in terms of rushing defense they've been really solid up front all season long they don't really let you get loose for a ton of yards and you're really looking at a front that can be difficult to run into. So if you're looking at that for Wisconsin, inability to run the football is going to put a lot more pressure on Grammers and this passing offense to make plays. In the last few weeks, the way the passing offense has been going, that's a little bit of a concern for the Badgers coming into this game. They're going to have to hit some plays, more plays than they did these last few weeks in the passing game to win this football game because this is by far... I this is yeah to me this is the best run defense they've faced probably since uh, Illinois in that contest because again not to re harp on this Iowa game but you saw last week Mo Ibrahim who we'll talk about in just a second ran all over this Iowa defense this Iowa that Iowa run defense is not as good as Wisconsin made them to look now I think switching gears to back to Minnesota's defense I do think that this run defense is pretty solid so I it is certainly a concern that Wisconsin's run game is going to have some struggles but. Hopefully you built on and found some things. Now you've got Chesma Lucy back. You've got Braylon Allen, who, as I mentioned, does look a little bit banged up, and maybe that's affecting this run game a little bit. But 4.5 yards per carry for the group last week shows that they could run the football even despite the injuries and, and having that room hopefully close to fully healthy 
will be nice and you can lean on Molusi and Grando a little bit more. But overall, Wisconsin's of course going to try to run the football, but I do think they're going to have maybe some troubles getting things going against this Minnesota front. So it's going to come down to can this passing offense hit on some consistent plays and really test the secondary because the secondary for this Minnesota team pretty good as well. They aren't there isn't necessarily a, a weakness of this Minnesota defense. They're good in all phases. They're not necessarily great. Now a top 10 rushing defense is, is pretty close to great, but I do think that you can hit on some plays in the passing game. I think you're going to bust some runs, but you're not going to consistently have that type of success. So it's going to come down to which offense makes more plays in Wisconsin to make those plays. It's going to have to find some runs that, that get busted open, but they're going to have to really hold up in the trenches and really hit some passing plays. You're going to have to complete more than eight passes likely to win this football game. Otherwise, it's going to be a really low-scoring, ugly slugfest, which we've seen from both of these teams over the course of the past two weeks. Looking at the other side now for Wisconsin in terms of their defense, that's going to be a side of the football that really should be a fun matchup to watch. Now, this Minnesota offense is, of course, headlined by Mohamed Ibrahim, who's just an absolutely phenomenal 260 yards last week uh, against the Iowa Hawkeyes, ran all over the Hawkeyes, unfortunately for him, did not pick up a victory in Minnesota in that game despite his best efforts and, and really a guy that's been phenomenal his entire Minnesota career came back from a brutal Achilles injury last season and has been just as good as he was before that injury which is nice to see I, I know Wisconsin fans don't like Minnesota you don't want to ever root for Minnesota but a guy like him to come back from that injury is a, a pretty great story and you want to beat your rival at their best. And I think when Mo Ibrahim is on the field for them, they are certainly at their best. So Wisconsin, they've been playing really well in the defensive end the last few weeks. They've really buttoned up. Wisconsin has moved up to the number 11th um, ranked team in terms of rushing yards allowed in the country. So that has gotten better over the course of the entire season. They're back to looking like Wisconsin of old where they're going to shut down the run, be assignment sound football. But this is probably going to be Wisconsin's biggest test in terms of a run game likely since the the Chase Brown game. You're looking at uh, one of the nation's tops backs in in Mo Ibrahim, and he's going to be a really good test for this Wisconsin front. And you're not going to have Nick Herbig for at least half this game. You're going to have to really button things up and try to maybe get to halftime without Herbig in this contest. Now, for Minnesota's offense, they're likely going to look like similar to Wisconsin's in terms of I think Wisconsin will have some limited success. They're going to hit some runs. Mo Ibrahim is too good of a player to completely shut down, but it's going to come down to which passing offense can hit some more of those plays and keep those chains moving to keep those carries on the ground moving. And I'm really not sure at this point in time because you have for Minnesota, you're used to Tanner Morgan being the quarterback, but he will not be out there likely for the uh, Gophers uh, heading into Saturday. He's had um, they've, they've called it an upper body injury. He did have a concussion and then it, he came back and then all of a sudden was out again with what they think is a second concussion, but the, uh, second concussion was never confirmed. So you're likely not going to see Tanner Morgan in this con in this contest against the Badgers. Um, certainly a tough finish for him in terms of his career. Feels like he's been at Minnesota forever, but you want a guy to finish on the field. So you're going to have Athan. Kalamanis is how I think you say his name, um, is a redshirt freshman, um, has not played a lot of football prior to this, of course, uh, being a redshirt freshman, but we'll see what he can uh, bring to the Gophers in terms of the offense. It's going to come down to can he or Graham Mertz hit more plays to keep their offense going and keep their offense on the field to be able to put up points. So I would imagine 
with the way Mertz is kind of struggling with this being an inexperienced redshirt freshman, it's going to come down to the two run games and the two passing games just doing enough to try and keep those chains moving and keep those teams working in the right direction. So it's likely got a chance to be ugly for both sides, but I think if you're Wisconsin, you really just got to focus on trying to shut down that run game as much as you can and make this redshirt freshman beat you in the air. If he does that consistently and they go down and score, you can just tip your cap. You can't let Mo Ibrahim be the guy that beats you in this contest. Now, that's easier said than done. He's one of the most talented backs in the entire country, and he's going to get his most likely in, in some way, shape, or form. But if you're Wisconsin, you've got to try to limit that on defense, and you've got to make the passing beat you. you got to make them win these contests through the air. And that's kind of been what this game has been for years now. It's it, The last four seasons, it's came down to, who of Tanner Morgan or Graham Mertz, whoever's been that quarterback for either team, who can make more plays in the passing game is likely going to win that. And that kind of transitions us nicely into the matchup to watch. It's going to be these quarterbacks against the opposing defenses. That's going to be the matchup to watch for both sides. It's going to be who can hit. They don't necessarily have to hit explosive play after explosive play to put up scores and touchdowns, but I do think they've got to have a pass game that you can at least respect, at least to not play eight, nine guys in the box focused on the run. If you can just make the opposing defense focus a little bit on that passing game and and just respect them just enough, I do think Wisconsin and Minnesota will find ways to move the football. If the passing offenses are non-existent on both sides, it's going to be two teams running into uh, a brick wall, and it's going to be a 13 to 10 type of contest so the matchup in this game to, to clearly watch is these quarterbacks against these defenses who moves the chains who completes enough passes to get on third down who can maybe hit those one two big chunk plays and get the ball down the field to get points because I get I do think this game will once again be a points at a premium type of spot for Wisconsin in terms of players to watch I think the players to watch for Wisconsin is is going to be for better or for worse on the offensive side it's going to be Graham Mertz. Can he make some plays? Can he keep the chains moving? It, it, this whole game comes down to quarterback play for both sides. You've got a redshirt, inexperienced freshman, and you got a guy that's struggling. That's what you have to watch for, and I think that's what's going to be the, the main player to talk about, for better or worse, in Wisconsin for this situation. But beyond that, on the defensive side, I'm interested to see how these linebackers are going to step up when they're coming up and having to make tackles and being without Nick Herbig for half of this contest now thankfully Wisconsin will get Nick Herbig back in the second half so maybe you weather the storm but him not being out there for the first two quarters is going to thrust someone else into a bigger role than what they're used to now CJ Getz has been playing a lot on the outside you've had a rotation of other guys to kind of give Nick Herbig a blow but these linebackers are going to need to be sound they're going to need to become up they're going to need to be able to make tackles and make plays so Jordan Turner Wuma and Jangmeno who've kind of been the inside guys for for the last you know, good chunk of the season, this is going to be a really big test for them. So I think those are the guys where if those two are coming up, filling the hole and, and making plays in the absence of Nick Herbig, someone's going to have to make plays for this defense in that, in that first half. I think you could really talk about these guys as kind of a nice shining moment for them heading into, into bowl season and heading into next year that you feel good that you can hopefully build your defense around those two and Nick Herbig and whoever else is going to be on the outside. So I think those two are the players you're going to be watching, talking about in this game. If they're a really good game, I think you'll say, man, Wisconsin's got another couple of special inside linebackers. Look what they did against Mo Ibrahim and this Minnesota rushing offense. If they struggle, 
I think you can say, man, you know, these these guys have been good at times this season, but still need some polishing as they head into next year. So I think those two at the inside with this tough test will be the players to watch in the in the defensive side for Wisconsin. Beyond that, in terms of what we're going to be talking about, we'll go ahead and get into the rest of this preview, which transitions us over to our score prediction for this game. I'll be honest with you guys, I do think this game is going to be pretty ugly. I do think this game is going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think it's going to come down to similar to like a couple of years ago when these two teams played and it was like 20 to 17, a field goal is likely going to decide it. I don't even know if I see 20 to 17 uh, as a realistic score. I think these defenses are really solid. I think these running games are really, really good. Um, Wisconsin's not as great as Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota's a top 10 rushing offense. Wisconsin traditionally has been better than what they have been this year. In the last couple of weeks have been going, it's just the passing offense has really bogged them down. So I think it's going to be very similar to what we've seen from Minnesota last week with Iowa, what we've seen from Wisconsin these last couple of weeks, um, you know, from Nebraska and Iowa. It's going to be ugly. I do think it's kind of a coin flip game when you're playing though that low scoring tight of a game it's hard to really sit here and make you guys some sort of bold prediction it's going to come down to whichever quarterback makes more plays and as bad as Graham Mertz has been the last couple of weeks I, I feel more confident in him than a, a relatively inexperienced redshirt freshman so I I do think Wisconsin finds a way to win I think they find a way to win this game in ugly fashion, but a way to win similar to what they did this past week. So for me in this contest, I'm going to take the Badgers 16-10 to in an absolute slugfest type of game. The Badgers bring home Paul Bunyan's act to its rightful owner, uh, to its rightful home, um, and be back in Wisconsin. So I, I do think the Badgers will find a way to win. Am I confident about it? Not really, uh, but... That's that's the way it goes when you've got these low-scoring, tight type of contests. All right, guys, that wraps up my portion of the show. As I said, football-focused for this episode. Next week, we'll get we'll have more time to get into some other stuff. We'll recap the football game, get into some volleyball, get into some basketball as we've got um, all both of those teams playing for some big contests with Wisconsin men's basketball down in Atlantis and uh, Wisconsin volleyball coming down the home stretch here battling for the Big Ten title. All right. We've got our ad reads out of the way, so we'll go ahead. We'll get one more out of the way, kind of split them up for you guys, and then we'll get into our interview with Blake Ruain of the Daily Gopher. All right, Badger fans, we are now joined by a very special guest here to talk some Gopher football, Blake Ruain of the Daily Gopher. Make sure to go over and check them out if you're looking for the other side's perspective on Saturday's battle for Paul Bunyan's act. Should be a fun game, unfortunately, for both of these teams. Big Ten West title. Not on the line, but it's still a rivalry game. Both teams are bowl eligible, so they don't need that extra motivation. But I think there'll be plenty to go around in terms of motivation for both of these teams when it, the axe is involved. Blake, thanks very much for joining us. How are you feeling heading into Saturday? Um, I mean, it's I mean, some of the wins out of the sails since you know Minnesota obviously lost to Iowa the weekend and you know killed their chances of winning the Big Ten West. But um, I mean, as you said, it's a rivalry game. It's always you know. Playing for the Axe is the biggest game of the year, usually, whether the Big Ten West is on the line or not. So, um, feeling relatively good about Minnesota. They I mean they played pretty well against Iowa. Just a couple of turnovers late really sunk their chances of winning that game. And frustrating outcome, but um, I mean you have to like uh, Muhammad Ibrahim's performance against the Hawkeyes. He rushed for two hundred sixty-three yards against one of the best run defense in the country. The offensive line had a really good game, and 
defensively, the defense played well enough to win. So team played well and they're, they've played well the past, you know, four or five weeks. So, uh, I like the chances of going to Camp Randall and getting the, the W, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to predictions later. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll start. We always like to start with kind of a state of the program type of question. So how are things with P.J. Fleck? I mean, I know his name has been thrown around some for coaching openings. I guess from the Wisconsin's perspective, I would be surprised to see him take a different job, but you never know, I guess. But how are Minnesota fans? You, you kind of mentioned you know, the weekend loss to Iowa. How are they kind of feeling about the direction of the program? Is this year kind of disappointing not making that West title or what are the overall feelings currently in terms of the direction of Minnesota football? Yeah, I'd say most Minnesota fans are probably tell you this has been a disappointing season. They came in with um, the encore four, you had Tanner Morgan, Chris Hutman Bell, John Michael Schmitz, Mohamed Ibrahim, the guys that have been there five, six years and they were going to lead the offense and, you know, we knew they were going to have pretty good defense. So expectations were high coming in and early on in the year too, you know, they started four and oh and Wisconsin and Iowa both looked down and you would have thought that the opportunity was there for them to take it. And they had that three game stumble against Purdue, Illinois and Penn state. They really kind of sunk their chances before the lost Iowa really, really sunk it. But um yeah, I, yeah. I would say as far as PJ Fleck is concerned, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't expect him to go anywhere else. I mean, he's got it pretty well made at Minnesota. He's he's won, you know, probably more than most of his predecessors to this point in their careers. Um, and I would I would say too, um, you know, he's been able to ingrain his culture, you know, the relevant culture into Minnesota. Minnesota wasn't a program that you know maybe had a ton of notoriety or wasn't getting a lot of national. Um, publicity before that PJ Fleck arrived and kind of melded his brand with the University of Minnesota. So I would say his, you know, he's on the hot seat by any means either. I think maybe a couple more years, maybe. I think the biggest thing is, you know, this is year six, having won the Big Ten West, you know, the time that he's been here, you've seen Wisconsin win it, Iowa's won it, um, Illinois even came close this year, um, Northwestern's won it twice. So there's just some frustration that he hasn't won the Big Ten West by now. And the thing is, they've had opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. 2019, they you know, lost to Wisconsin at the end of the season, lost their chance to the Big Ten West. Um, you know, last year they were even in the conversation, but you know, stumbled with losses to Illinois and Iowa. Um, and then this year again, even I mean, even after that three game stretch, they had a chance to make the Big Ten West or win the Big Ten West, and still couldn't couldn't take care of business against Iowa. And I mean, even. The Hawkeyes, too, that's a big uh, thorn in a lot of girlfriend sides that P.J. Fleck is now 0-6 against um, one of our most hated rivals. So uh, just I'd say a lot of frustration, disappointment right now, um, just in the short term and the immediate. I, that's totally understandable, but I would say long term, I feel most feel confident that um, you know, P.J. has at least raised the floor of the program, so to speak. It's just a question of can he raise the ceiling as well. So, um, so yeah, I'd say he's not in the hot seat. I wouldn't expect him to go anywhere, but um, I do think that the fan base would like to see some changes, especially on the offensive side of the ball to kind of elevate the program and, and help them get over the hump. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of Wisconsin fans sharing that same kind of feeling in terms of the offensive side of the football, trying to get that next step and, and kind of get beyond that, you know, big 10 West title and on to something else, but the powerhouses of the big 10 East make that a little bit more difficult. So on offense, you've already kind of mentioned him already. Mohamed Ibrahim, just an incredible career for him. Came back after the injury last year, and he's been absolutely phenomenal um, all all season long. But last week just dominated Iowa. It it was, you know, as a Wisconsin fan, it's hard for me to root for either of those teams. But when you see a guy put on that type of performance and and not come away with the victory for his team as a whole, it was kind of like, man, that is a, a tough one to watch. But 
how great is he been has he been and and where do you think he ranked in terms of like all-time great Minnesota Gophers because he's put together a career that has been pretty much phenomenal from the jump that's really been the discussion over the season is you were like, where does he rank? So, you know, he's, he's honestly easily one of the best running backs they've had in program history. And he's, this season has just been so special to watch. I mean, knowing what he came back from, cause like Achilles tendon tear is just not something that a lot of athletes can come back from and be their older selves. Like they, you know, can be healthy, but it feels like something's always lost. They may have lost a step and the way he's played this season, you would never know that he missed most of last season with that injury. He's just been unreal. And he's a guy that even when the offensive line has struggled, he's, he can make, you know, something out of nothing. His, his vision is just incredible. His patience, you know, the way he presses the line of scrimmage and just finds that if there's a hole to be found, he's going to find it. And, you know, rarely goes down on first contact. Um, he just, I mean, he's closing in on any rushing records he doesn't already have at the university of Minnesota. I think he's, Gunning for a single season rushing record, then he's you know just I think a hundred or so yards short of just the all time career rushing records at uh, Minnesota. So he just he's been incredible. He's up there with probably you know Daryl Thompson, who currently owns the you know career rushing record at Minnesota. And you know think back to Lawrence Brony, Marion Barber days. Lawrence Brony is probably a little more explosive. Um, I think he averaged you know every year he's averaging six yards per carry, and, and Mo tends to average I think about. Um, five and a half or somewhere around there. So, but, and the thing is people think, yeah, he's been here five years, but he also missed all, all of last season. And he was, you know, um, his first season, his first season, freshman season with the program, he was um, a backer for most of the year. And then in, in 2019 too, he gave up carries to Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks. So just the amount of production he's had with limited carries, limited games at times, just been incredible. And, and the consistency too. Um, I just, yeah. What's one thing I, I worry that, not many go friends will appreciate until he's gone. Just the production that he's contributed week in and week out. It's just, it's been incredible to watch. Yeah. He's been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, just it, it's scary for this Wisconsin defense. They've been playing better, but this is going to be one of their bigger tests in, in terms of a, just a dominating run game and a really could be a very good finish for him in terms of his, his goal for career and excited to see what he can do at the next level. Speaking of the offense, I know this last couple of weeks, Tanner Morgan's been banged up. So there's been backups in there. What's the situation at quarterback heading into Saturday? And what sort of injury did Tanner Morgan have? It looked like upper body, but I wasn't quite sure the distinction um, for what he's kind of been dealing with the last few weeks. So he had a, a concussion against Illinois. He suffered a concussion late against Illinois. And I think week five or six, and then missed the next game against Penn state. He came back against um, Nebraska and suffered a, second concussion i think that well it hasn't been reported but the assumption has that he suffered a second concussion before halftime against nebraska and then retro freshman ethan kelly McManus took over from there and tanner has not even dressed for any game since then um so i would assume i mean two concussions in less than a month is you know nothing to mess around with especially in today's climate you know they're going to be very careful with um guys who've suffered multiple concussions especially in the same season so i would be very surprised if we see him on saturday i think at a minimum, he's going to miss the rest of the regular season. If we see him again, it'll probably be in the bowl game. But um, an unfortunate way for his you know career to end. Yeah, everyone jokes mm-hmm. he's been there, like you know seven eight years. Looks like a tax accountant at this point. But um, yeah, it's, it's, he's had, had such an illustrious career. He's like one of the winningest quarterbacks in program history. And so definitely disappointed for him that things you know this season and his individual performance didn't shake out the way that he would have wanted. You know, finish finish out his tenure at Minnesota. But um, yeah, you'll probably see. 
the retro freshman, Ethan Kelly, me at his under center Sunday, or Saturday, I mean. And he's his skill set's a little different than Tanner. Obviously, he doesn't have nearly as much experience as Tanner did. This is only his third or fourth career start. And um, but he's a little more mobile. He can uh, he's not if there's pressure in the pocket, he can escape it. Whereas Tanner pretty much kind of a statue if the, if the pocket collapses he's probably going down whereas Aiden has more escapability and can extend plays and they're they're more willing to move the pocket with him it's just his the stuff that comes along with game experience like you know making your reads and reading defenses it's just not there yet which is to be expected for a redshirt freshman he's a habit too of kind of looking for the home run as opposed to looking at his checkdowns and you know maybe you get a single or double that would move the chains as opposed to hitting that home run every time. So it's, you it, know, you're never quite sure what to expect from him since he's a retro freshman quarterback. You know, he had a really good game in the second half against Nebraska, but then past couple weeks, it's been just a mixed bag with him in terms of making throws and being accurate with the ball. And so it, it'll be interesting. It's, it's, it'll be no surprise that they're going to rely a lot on the ground game with, with Mo Ibrahim and with good reason. So, but I think at some point, you know, they're going to need him to make some throws against this Wisconsin defense. And we all know they're going to be pinning their ears back um, coming for him. So it will be interesting to see how he handles that pressure. Yeah. Likely going to come down to probably whichever quarterback can, can hit more throws consistently because Wisconsin's passing game has been uh struggling is a good way to put it well <laughs> the last few weeks so switching gears to the other side of the ball minnesota you know coming into this season when i was reading some preseason stuff i looked at this minnesota defense and thought man that that unit looks like they've got the guys to be pretty good and they've been really good especially against the run so what has made this minnesota go for defense so strong really it seems like from front to back week in and week out they usually put together um pretty consistent performances in, in, in terms of shutting the opposing offense down there's just there's really no superstars. I mean, I think the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. They just they work together well. They know their responsibilities. Um, you know, Joe Rossi, the defensive coordinator, puts together a really good game plan week in and week out, and guys know that game plan. And even when he's had to kind of he's mentioned a couple of times had to throw it out, you know, early in the game based on what the offense have shown, the guys have, have been able to adapt. And um, especially in the secondary too, they've got a very veteran secondary. They've got a senior at corner named Terrell Smith, a couple of seniors at safety, you know, Jordan Howden, Todd Newbin. Todd Newman's the big playmaker. He's their free safety that they kind of trust to play center field and um, just make plays as he see as he watches the the, the game unfold. So um, we're really the, the strength of defense is that secondary, but up front too. Especially re- recent weeks, they've been very stout against the run, and I think for a while there they weren't getting a lot of push up the middle in the interior defensive line. But those guys have stepped up in recent weeks, especially against Iowa, and I think too the. The linebackers are really playing well from um, sideline to sideline. So it's just, it's a very solid defense. You know, it's not as aggressive as Wisconsin or as just, you know, disciplined and sound as Iowa's, but they're just, they're very good defense and they they know what they're doing. And yeah, it's it's tough to describe what they do so well, but they're they're just very smart. They don't like make a lot of mistakes. They, they limit explosive plays. So um, yeah, just a very solid defense. Yeah, and then I think you hear that kind of same sentiment from, you know, when we when we had an Iowa correspondent on, kind of like there's no superstar of this defense, but front to back, they're just, everybody's really good. They know their role and and they do it well. And that's kind of a lot of Big Ten West teams, uh, especially this season. There's been some tough defenses in this conference. So getting into this game itself, overall, what do you think Minnesota needs to do to come away with a victory in, in Camp Randall Stadium? I really think these games are won or lost in the trenches. And if, if you'd asked me like you know, three or four weeks ago what Minnesota's chances in this game were, I, I don't know if I would have had the confidence in the offensive line to be able to open up enough holes for Mel. Like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he can make something out of nothing, but you can't do that, you know, 
30 carries a game. Like, so, but I think the offensive line the past couple weeks, you know, they've opened up running lanes for 300 rushing yards in back-to-back games, and they've really taken that step forward. Um, I think something just clicked in the second half of the Nebraska game where they just started playing more physical and, you know, playing as a unit too. For, for a while there, it was, you know, four guys played well, but it was that fifth guy, you know, the, the, that fifth guy not performing kind of, we, sometimes it was the tackle, sometimes it was the guard. They just weren't working together as a unit. And I think they've really shored up a lot of the deficiencies these last two weeks. And I mean, when you run for 300 rushing yards against Iowa, who's, you know, top five run defense to me, that, that tells me that a lot of cylinders are clicking. So I think if they can replicate, you know, I'm not expecting 300 rushing yards against Wisconsin. If they do that, I would think they'd win, but then again, I also thought that they, if they did that against Iowa, they'd win, and that wasn't the case. So, um, I really think you know they're going to run the ball well, but um, I think you alluded to it earlier too. The passing game is going to be have to be involved somehow. Um, you know, Graham Mertz on one side, Ethan Kalikmanis on the other. They both kind of had their inconsistencies for different reasons, but um, I think it's whoever's going to, you know, get enough time to throw the ball and, and you know make enough explosive plays in the passing game, which is something that just hasn't come easily to Minnesota this season. Um, I really think that that's where it'll come down to. And um, I do expect Minnesota to have some success stopping Wisconsin's run, which I think works in the Gophers' favor, just because they've that's something that they've done all season long. No running back has really gotten the best of this um, defense, except maybe Nick Singleton for Penn State. But um, yeah, I really think Minnesota's just playing well in the trenches right now. And I think that works in their favor because, yeah, these games just always come down to who's going to win the line of scrimmage. All right. And to finish things off, give us your prediction and score prediction for Saturday. I, it's probably bad that I feel unusually confident going in this game. I think part of that's because, you know, how well Minnesota played against Iowa offensively. That was the biggest question mark for me was how they were going to fare against that, that Iowa defense, but they got yards. They just needed to finish drives. And um, I think, you know, Wisconsin this year, they've had an up and down year, obviously they, you know, let Paul Chris go and they've played improved under, under Jim Leonard. So, um, but I just think Minnesota at this, at this point in the season, they, I think their offense is better than Wisconsin's offense. And I think their defense is at least on par with Wisconsin defense. So I think I'll give the sled edge to Minnesota. I think that Nathan Calgmanis makes enough plays and Moe's going to get his yards and finish his drives that Minnesota prevails probably 21-14, I think, something around there. But um, we'll see. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm feeling right now. Blake, thank you very much for, for joining us. We always appreciate you guys having on um badger fans make sure to go check out their work over at uh, the daily gopher and read up on everything leading up to this game enjoy the game on saturday have a great thanksgiving and uh, yeah thank you again for joining us and taking the time no problem thanks for having me absolutely all right badger fans that wraps up another, another episode of the podcast as always thank you for listening on wisconsin Yeah.